Pelotero Pickle, episode 69. We have a really nice episode for you today with special guest Brett Phillips. We dig into his pitching career, his three Grand Slams this season, and his walk-off base hit in the World Series. Really, really fun episode. Brett's a great guy. Uh, you're going to love this one. Check it out. Pelotero Pickle episode, really nice episode today, episode 69. With us, as always, is Chris Colabell, and we also have a special guest, Brett Phillips, the the happiest guy in baseball, I'd <laughs> say. Uh, I'll throw it to Chris first, then you can introduce Brett. He's more of your guy. So, Chris, how are you doing today? Hello, Robert. Uh, as always, we randomly wore the same attire, which is nice. I am excited. This is my guy, Maverick, Brett Phillips former teammate Colorado Springs and current Tampa Bay Ray. And as you said, probably like one of the most likable dudes in baseball. Mav, what's up, man? My name is Jeff. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> fellas, thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure, especially when I get to talk to UCC too, because this is our first time meeting. But man, I'm doing great. Feeling good. Off seasons, man, couldn't, can't complain. Everything's looking up for me. How are y'all doing? That's awesome. I, for, I want to talk about what I see in the background right now. What do you got? Give me a little, uh, little yes. info what's in the background. We, we, before you yes. came on, the camera the camera pan, it looked like a Peloton bike or some elliptical maybe? Uh, it's what's on and the jerseys. Oh, yeah. check this out. So Yeah, you're you gaming? You must be a gamer with this Big setup. gamer. So I've got a uh, little remote for this. Sorry. So we've got three little things on the – oh, four. This, this little is a newspaper article from the L.A. Times after the game four hit. It says like uh, Dodgers path to parade uh, encounters a grenade, <laughs> and so my my mom thought that was really cool. And then that's the my jersey for uh, first home run in the big leagues off Helixson. And then uh, we've got the game four jersey after the walk off, and then that's from my debut right there. So yeah, we got some a nice little shrine going on not probably not as cool as y'all's but it's it started it's early well you got a remote control for your camera so that's that's pretty cool i'm just going off my my macbook camera <laughs> front facing camera um, are you streaming are you streaming on twitch are you a twitcher i am on twitch uh during the pandemic i got super into it and then all of a sudden we had responsibilities again and so i don't play as much video games as I used to. I wish I did. I, I love the competition, but Brie would kill me, my wife. Uh, so I have all this cool high-tech stuff that I don't normally use. So when I get like a Zoom call opportunity, I'm like, yeah, heck yeah, let's bust it out. Perfect. I'm glad. See, we did it. What a, I was what, good you, for something you, in your life. Take us, <laughs> through, what, like, take us through your setup, though, because I'm, I'm intrigued by this because I, I okay. don't think I've ever talked to a, a – a twitcher tr streamer yeah what what's what's the setup because you, right, so, you have to be able to play the game then interact with people right? yeah 100 percent. so How i'm actually running a custom pc last year during the pandemic i partnered with nvidia and they had a guy come out from the nvidia garage and put together this custom built pc it's got lights on it i mean it's got like a 3080 um nvidia i think it's gpu just a whole bunch of specs that I'm not too familiar with, but it, I supposedly I could like 
you know, hack into the government if I wanted to with it. But (laughs) 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 so anyways, to my point, I've got some super, you know, if I'm going to be gaming, I don't want anything holding me back. Right. Like I'm a professional athlete. I'm competitive and it, it just kind of overflows into other areas of my life. And my wife gets super upset because I ne- never let her win in an arcade game or anything like that. So I don't want any of my technology holding me back when I'm gaming. I want 100% frames. I don't want any type of rendering or buffering. That's super annoying to me. And I'm trying to win, right? Like that's just, if, if I'm going to put this much effort into something, I'm, I'm going to win. That's how we're right. bred, man. Well, that's alpha. that's <laughs> exactly. like a true alpha thing. Now, let me, I'm going to make a suggestion. Just like hold off on kids just a little bit. Yes, so you yeah. get a little bit more of that time. And I mean, or you could take my route 38 and here I am. <laughs> children, but my dogs take up a lot of, they're, and they might as well be children. Very similar. Yeah. So um, I want to talk. All right. So we got a little intro of the room. I want to talk about what you're doing outside of baseball that we don't need to uh, talk about at the end and people can hear about it up front. So baseball is fun, which is really cool. I have my sweatshirt on the way. I'm uh, now a paying customer and supporter of you, obviously, (laughs) and now your company. Tell me a little bit about how it came up and like what your objectives are with it. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. And I I just want to preface it by saying, I think one of the hardest things for a professional baseball player, especially in general, is the transition outside of baseball, right? Uh, professional athletes, they don't ne- they don't necessarily think about the future. It's I'm going to be in this game for 10 plus years. I'm going to be a multimillionaire and, you know, life is going to be great. But in the reality of it, that's one percent that, you know, one to three percent I get to um, actually do that. So for me, I'm constantly you know, I've got like a business mindset, but I'm constantly thinking about the future. And, you know, baseball is fun came about after the World Series. And in an interview, I mentioned it, it was all emotions. I wasn't thinking I almost passed out. And I was like, man, baseball is fun. And that night on Twitter, and for about a week to a month, everyone was like, man, that is baseball is fun. Like, he's so right. It was so simple. At the time, I didn't think about it. So I went to my wife, and I was like, you know, we should put together an kind of a movement apparel company in the future will turn it into camps and charity and this and that and uh, my wife had wasn't working at the time so she's taking care of all the logistics which is huge um you know she's got some self-worth doing it and yeah baseball is fun came about and you know here i am that the company three months later it's 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 doing well and we we love it and it's so simple right the, the meaning behind it is why we started playing the game in the first place is because it's fun. Yeah, I think that's why we're all on this call because we have a passion and love for the game. And I think Bobby and I, Bobby, especially like you tried to step away from the game and, and it sucks you back in, man. Like once you, once you're in it, I feel like we're just lifers, man. That's what we are. That's, you know, it's, and now it's it, what, what I think is cool about it too, is like being able to pay it forward to the next generation. Right. So like when you and I played together, you were obviously up and coming. I was more like older. I'm not going to say on the way out. Cause I'm pretty sure I can still hit today, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but you know, I loved having interactions with yourself. Uh, we had Lewis Brinson there for a little bit, like who was a prospect at the time, um, younger players that like I 
you know, I always, I was always drawn to younger players. And I think that's part of what I still do to this day. And what, and you helped them too. For too. Yeah. Uh, I hope so. Instead of messing them up, you know, so. no, you know, I, I like what you said. Uh, you know, this is, you're, you're a lifer in baseball and this is what, you know, but CC, I think, you know, you like it so much. It's what you're best at too, right? The knowledge and the education that you, you've actually taken the time to educate yourself on, things that are just way further than, Oh, I'm blessed with these talents and it's good enough. Like you have helped out the 99% who are grinding on a daily basis to try and tweak mechanics or find a certain swing that fits for them. So, you know, what you and Tukes are doing is huge giving back to the youth. And, you know, you guys are also evolving with technology and you have data and numbers to support what you guys are saying it's tremendous. And you, I think about when I was 10 years old, if I would have had that information, how much better would I be now on top of how good I am? I made it to the big leagues, but you guys are giving that information to the youth. And it's not like it's professional baseball where all that information is taken from you. And it's like, nope, we can't give you what we're, we we, we can't, you know, and that's the reality of it. So it's really cool coming from two, you know, professional baseball players to to be doing what y'all are doing appreciate that that's uh everything everything that's driven me as a coach is what would i want if i could restart my career if i could go back and be that 10 year old like with all the technology with everything available what would i want so it's yeah it's it's a journey everything changes everything there's gonna be more technology coming so it's all about giving back and doing the best you can and um, I, and I, yeah, I love that for y'all. The transition outside of professional baseball, you guys have, I'm sure it wasn't easy, but you guys are doing it right. It's you guys have still that self-worth and feel like you're actually making a difference. Unlike 80% of professional baseball players by the age of 40, they're, you know, broke or divorced and they've got their head between their knees which is an unacceptable number. Well, that's because they didn't think about their future while they were playing. They didn't maximize their platform while they were playing. And so, man, you guys encourage me to continue to educate myself in other areas that, you know, I may might've not have thought about when I first got called up to the big leagues because I thought I was going to be the man, but you guys know how it goes being kicked back and down over 10 times. That's just the reality of it. So I want to I want to get into this. I want to because a lot of the people that listen to this are kids that are that a lot of college players that they're, in, they're maybe facing failure for the first time. So a quick story. I like doing some research, like checking recent articles. So when I typed in your name on Google, you I think you probably have the most smiling pictures of any baseball player I've looked at. Like you, it's like every picture you're smiling, and. I remember watching the playoffs. I remember watching the race. You're not always on the field. You're not always in the lineup, but you're always like the baseball is fun thing. Can you talk about like yeah, the journey is- of how to get there? Because baseball is not always fun or sometimes it doesn't oh, man. feel very fun. Yeah. So how did that happen? How did you, it was this mindset, something that's just been in you? Or is it something you had to learn and develop? No, that's so awesome, perspective man. That there's so much power in what you're talking about. So I want to learn the backstory, the why behind it. I appreciate you asking. Um, you know, it kind of the foundation as a child. I, I remember my first literally coach always tells this story 
when he's talking to someone for the first time that doesn't know who I am. He, he was 60 years old and he had been coaching little league baseball forever. And he said, he's never in his life seen a player, a kid strike out for his first time and run back to the dugout with a smile on his face. He said, the only player I ever saw do that was Brett Phillips. So kind of as a kid, I've always had this kind, this light in me, right? Like for me, it's my relationship with God, but I'll just say, you know, it's this light that this happiness, I've always had this unrelenting belief that everything is always going to be good. Regardless if I'm going through storms, it doesn't matter. Something good's going to come out of it. So fast forward to 2020 COVID year, I'm with Kansas City. Now, you know, last year, Kansas City, they haven't been good for a few years. Um, and, you know, last year, it was that nothing was different. And in the month of August, I think I had two starts. Uh, and so I wasn't getting any playing time. The I don't they didn't really tell me why I wasn't getting any playing time, but it didn't matter to me because I just, again, had this mindset that if I can control showing up to the field each and every day, which was being a good teammate, if I could control showing up to the field every day, which was working hard, then, you know, if I covered those two and I took care of myself, then something good was going to come from that. Right. And I genuinely want to be a good teammate. I genuinely want my teammates to, to be the best, to make as much money. So it's not like I'm forcing myself to be that. It just comes natural. So the end of August, I get traded to Tampa Bay. And Dayton Moore, the GM, he said, hey, listen, I just want to let you know that we did right by you after telling me I got traded to Tampa Bay. And I was like, what do you mean you did right by me? He goes, there was three other teams that wanted to trade for you, but we know, and we had better offers. We know that you're from Tampa Bay. That's your hometown team. And you haven't seen your wife in a month and a half. And, and you're going to have a chance to play in the playoffs. We want to do by, do right by you because you showed up each and every day. And we recognize that you, you brought the energy. You were a great teammate and you worked hard. And that's why we're doing right by you. So then world series happens. I have a hit in game four, something that hasn't happened in 30 years, right? Walk off hitting the world series. And I always tell kids that moment in time does not happen. If Brett Phillips didn't go about his business two months earlier, the, the right way, right? I could have easily been traded to Boston who was in last place and who knows had a month left of my big league season, big league career and did piss poor and boom, my, my career is over. But I went about my business and said, you know what? It's not about me. It's about my future and how things, you know, can be in the future if, if I'm taking care of my business. So I know that was a little long winded, but that is the way I am. And no one can tell me now the rest of my life moving, moving forward, how to go about my business, because something I was blessed with something by going about my business the right way. And, and that's how I'll always live my life, you know? Electric. You're electric, young man. And I, this this is one of like one of the things that is you and I talked about this last week on the phone when, when I chatted with you. One of the things that's so obvious to me in life is authenticity. And Bobby and I talk about it a lot. And any of the guests that we have on the show, typically we want to kind of fit and encompass that. And uh, you, my friend, are as authentic as they come. And and 
there's without a doubt that all that all built up to that moment and and we talked about the at-bat a little bit and stuff like that but it's bigger than the at-bat right it was bigger it was a, it was a journey to get there I, I remember even in, you know even in springs when you know we're in triple a and you know we could be really upset and whatever and I, I in a lot of ways I'm, I'm envious of you and your ability to do that because there were times when I, I didn't do a very good job of it and I tend to wear my heart on my sleeve and get emotional and Colorado Springs was really a refresher for me when we were together there because I had been through a lot at that point and personally sure. I started having fun again I just started having fun and I was around good people and I thank you especially and, and a lot of other guys in that group too but I, I got reminded how to have fun. And, and when you have fun and you keep going about your business the right way, the right things end up happening. The good stuff shows up. And, and now it's, it's brought you to a place where now you just got tendered and you're, you're going to be with the Rays for the foreseeable future and, 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 you know, make a little bit of money too, which is good and, and all that good stuff. So uh, you. your authenticity is, is obvious. And I think that's why, probably fans are so drawn to you too. And, and the game itself, like you're, I mean, like, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's relatively obvious when just watching on a baseball field, how much you enjoy it and how much you mean the words that you're saying. So that's man, my kudos to you. Thank you so much. I appreciate all those kind words. And, you know, growing up, I've always been told there's two types of people in, in this life that you're going, going to come in contact with. You have energy givers and you have energy takers. And for me, I identify with people who give energy because of, you know, that's what I do and that's who I want to be around. And so I never want to be that person to someone else that feels like I'm taking their energy. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not fun to be around. It's exhausting to be around. And I recognize that. And most people need to recognize that more how, you know, those people you don't want to be around don't become. And, but it's just a matter of, time after time people say oh man i tried it you know i took that i tried to be nice but it didn't work out well you just became someone that you know you you didn't like to be around so i just yeah no, yeah i get it man it's you're right you're just you're just right it's it's <laughs> it, it, it go, it's bigger than baseball now it's society at large and i think that there's a lesson to be learned for the whole world where we live in a world right now where there's so much information, so much opportunity, so much possibility. And anybody that chooses to, to bring hate and negativity in it, it to me is you're an energy taker. So that's a really good way. Exactly. To exactly. Do you have any advice for maybe high school players, college players, if they have teammates that are bringing that negative energy, what would you say to them about, do you try to lead by example? Do you uplift them with words? What's your, what's a good strategy or, advice that you would have for somebody in that situation? For me, good or bad, I'm always going to develop a relationship with that person. That's just who I am. I know there's a few ways of going about it, right? And that's kind of opening your mouth in a, in a confrontational way that's never going to get you anywhere. Um, you can be silent and ignore. Um, it's professional, but at the same time, you still are going to be surrounded by that person. For me, it's developing a relationship, even knowing their quality traits I'm not okay with. But as that relationship goes on, as opposed to if I bring up something, it's not going to be confrontational, but more of a conversation. And that's why I always tell people, like, build, the, build somewhat of a relationship first with that person, even though you don't 
you're not cool with them. So when you bring up something, it's, it's not going to, you know, uh, kind of escalate. Yeah. Escalate, escalate, turn into more. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people, it seems like a lot of people in today's day and age, I guess, are, they ask, they ask rhetorical questions in the hopes that uh, they will get the answer that they don't want. And that way they can be combative about it. It's the, the, the 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 twitter sphere social media sphere is almost it's almost like people are leading into it like you're 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 doing it just to 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 poke at the other person knowing exactly you're going to get as opposed to like let me be the bigger person i think that's where being the bigger person really comes in from right it's like even when the person across from you says something that you don't necessarily agree with or like there's a way to get through to that person right a hundred percent they're and that kind of lingo and talk on social media is starting to overflow into, uh, you know, teams in real life, like Tukes, um, I'm sure in high school, how they banter on social media. Like you're behind, remember back in the day, you're behind the screen so you can say what, and it's still the same. But now I feel like kids are starting to get some type of ego where talking like that on social media is starting to translate into real life. And it's not, it's not a good situation. So I guess in short, to answer your question, I would tell kids develop a relationship. If you, if they still, you know, are being punks, then kind of be the bigger man and walk away. Like CC said. Yeah. Our show, we had uh Bobby Magallanes on a show last week. We had a big segment about me not being able to say world that. series champion. He didn't coach with nice. the Braves and he, he talked a lot about building relationships and creating trust and just asking questions and getting to learn huge. about people and spending the time and energy to, to go out of your way and walk up to somebody and say hello and learn their story. So um, it's great to hear that echoed a little bit with what you're talking about. I think it's a really powerful message. And I think it's something like, as Chris was saying, <laughs> wish you would bleed into society beyond just the lines and clubhouse of baseball. Cause it's, uh, it's just better for the world. If we can, if you have a problem with somebody, be able to have a conversation versus butt heads. So it's good stuff. hundred percent. Um, Let's get a little bit more into baseball, if that's all right. Yeah, um, definitely. So you've been on different teams. You've, you've experienced different things. Um, the Rays are doing stuff that's pretty interesting, and it seems like they just keep winning. <laughs> um, I know with the lockout, you, there's uh, there might be things that you can't talk about, but um, maybe in general terms, yeah. the, experience, the experience of of analytics done different ways, I guess, where how – how does that affect your role and your approach and, and your preparation with the different types of organizations? And if you, if there's stuff, they're definitely different. Yeah, they're definitely the organizations and it's for all 30 teams are very different in, in many ways. Uh, I remember back in 2013, I had when I was with Houston, I had probes already being put on me. They were already analyzing the kinetic chain and you know doing all that stuff on their computer and then when i got to milwaukee there was zero analytics and then when i got to kansas city they were just now starting to do the the knob right um on the end of the bat they were starting to get that information and then i come to tampa bay and it's like man they're light years they're playing chess when the rest of the league is playing checkers that's the best way I can describe it. Playing 3D chess. And Literally. And, you know, it shows we've got an, I think he went like an Ivy League graduate in our dugout, Jay Money, who's the man. 
So no other team, a few other teams, but most teams aren't doing that. But it starts from the front office, why we are able to do what we're doing. Um, Neander in that, in that front office, when they acquire guys, yeah, they, they find one thing that you do really well. And then they just kind of tell you, Hey, that's your best stick to your best because it can be better than someone else's best. But um, anyways, I mean, they're just so more, they're just advanced and it, it helps tremendously through, through it's, it's helped for my career. I've had the best year of my life. Um, and it's a testament to the guys that they brought in and they're, they're diving really deep into analytics these days. So what's it like as a player to go from <laughs> all those, you go from Houston and then you go to a different organization and they're like, Hey, we got these new bat sensors. We're like, do you want me to teach you about that? Or like, <laughs> what was that like to experience such a different? Yeah, it was very interesting for me. I've never been a mechanical kind of guy. So I've uh, lucked out in a sense that I haven't had to adjust with hitting coaches and trying to teach them what I've already known. I've just always been um, kind of open-minded, Hey, go out there, compete. And that's when I've been my best. So I had a few tweaks throughout my career, but nothing, nothing crazy. That's one of the things that I remember the most playing with you. Like people, people generally in a clubhouse would, would turn to me to have the mechanics conversation, right? Like that was just the buy it, like the nature of it, because I was kind of one of the poster boys or whatever. And I remember you saying one day, like, I just never talk mechanics. Like I'm not doing it. And I, I was intrigued by it because I, I thought there were there were really good characteristics out of the city or swing and things that, that, that were happening really well. And um, it's funny because like I was the opposite. When I was young, I had somebody break, like they basically broke me. And I don't mean that like, hey, coach, you're a jackass for ruining my swing or whatever. But that's just people knew what they knew. And I listened and I was a literal learner. So it, it's always interesting to me when I see guys that have good patterning like what so when you were young what was your coaching like when you were young did, did you have limited mechanical instruction or the right mechanical instruction or how like was that yeah was that it was almost almost zero mechanical instruction my whole career i've it which is i'm now that i'm thinking about it is bizarre my swing has always been my swing and no one's ever kind of tried to fix it because i guess i always had i had success there was no reason to fix anything but i i do recall one of my coaches growing up throwing the ball inside and it's just like pull it pull it like get the head out and that's the that's about the only thing i've i've ever had been told up until pro ball and then i have went through my fair share of mechanical changes so do you feel like most of your most of your adjustments now are happening on your own because like you know whether it be a hand position or stance related or something that's happening in between do you feel like you're making those changes more on your own or is it coming from someone else it's more on my own and feel so this year at the break right before the all-star break i think i had three or four home runs you guys might have to fact check me on that but i had my wrist kind of cocked like that and what was happening was when I went to swing, the barrel would automatically I, like fall because how my wrist was, it, it was like following the wrong path. And I don't know. I just made, I was just like, why is my wrist 
so and all I did was kind of over exaggerate like this in my swing. So I hold the bat a little weird, but I felt it evening out in my swing and it being more natural. And I started hitting the top of the zone a lot better because my barrel wasn't falling. So a small little adjustment like that came from kind of just feeling something weird and out of my comfort zone and then hitting a few balls good and being like, holy cow, this is all I had to do is just try it. Even though it was uncomfortable and the ball was exploding off my bat and BP and I went on to hit like five opposite field home runs. I haven't done that since 2017. That, that was the first time I texted you when I, ta- I started talking about your oppo juju. I was yeah. Because like, that, you that know was the me. Adjustment. I, I only get excited about oppo tacos. Everybody can pull them. That stuff's easy. Just Dude, it so started cool. coming like candy. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because I like that line. We, I'm going to use that line. <laughs> we, we can get really technical about it and talk about playing and all this stuff and, and the, the way we talk about mechanics. But part of what we're doing with Pelotero is like, like players have to identify stuff on their own. Like you have to identify stuff on your own. So the, we need to let the results dictate what's going on. And if you're honest with yourself as a player, if you're honest about like, am I creating the result that I think I should be or, or, or something close to what I want? Now I have to go self-identify and I have to try stuff. But I can, you can look at video for seven days and you find something wrong for seven days. You know what I mean? But it's more about, like, to me, it's more about building in those feels through. Identifying. Like, cre- yeah. yeah, create what you want to create. And then if you're not creating what you want to create or you know you can, then go and, and, and maybe, it, like, back to the drawing. That's board. a great point. Great point, CC. And it's like, I just almost want to, like, slap my head, my, like, head upside the head and be like, you made that adjustment in June or July. Like, what are you doing? You know, you went on to hit 10 more home runs or whatever it was. And you, and it's, oh my, it's frustrating because you're right. It's a, com- it may be just be like a comfort zone thing, but you really, if you're, you're not getting the results that you believe you should be getting, I love that you said that, then you, you have to try and explore different options. Hey, I played 16 years and I wanted to slap myself upside the head every yeah, season okay. at some point. So don't feel bad about it. Yeah, you don't have okay. to feel bad. Like it, <laughs> you're doing just fine, man. I was, I was but so it's proud. Ego, it was so, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. Cause we want, there's always more, but there's always more right. Baseball. There's never, a, there's no caps. Like nobody's yeah. hit a thousand. So like, even if, if you hit 417 next year, be like, man, I'm probably going to hit 436. Like, yeah, you know, you're right. Like, yeah. There's always more. So it, and I think part of it is like, and what you do a really good job of Philly is like, and this is full circle for me. is like maintaining that, that persona that you are and being authentic within it because struggles or, or success, it don't matter. Like still the same guy. And, and that's so important because you can't make that adjustment. If you're in the wrong frame of mind, you can't have that day where you figure it out if you're not in the right mindset. You know what I mean? Oh man. And if you, Oh, great stuff. And I just heard this at church yesterday. I can't take credit for it. He said, if you take care of your character, your rep- your reputation will always follow, right? So everyone's always worried about their reputation, but they're not, Are they have to look at themselves and look at their character. And, you know, a lot of the times things are going to go against us. That's, you know, it may affect our reputation, but your character will always be your character. And that will always, your reputation will always follow after that. So that's good what you said that's awesome man it's good stuff dude it's great stuff i'm doing i got i'm getting skype notifications from our development team sorry if you heard the 
No, you're good. We're going to almost pop. Hey, we're we're a software company, but we talk about baseball. Hey, we're a little bit of everything. We're dynamos here. Oh, baby. Oh my gosh, what was that? Brought a little bit of energy. That's uh so I had a teammate. Um (laughs) he actually works for the Dodgers now. And I'm not gonna I'm certainly not throwing him under the bus. Keith Beauregard, he's I don't know his exact title. Didn't you say you're not gonna throw him under the bus? You just said his name. I'm not throwing him under the bus. I was gonna talk about his energy level. I love that. We're gonna talk about him being crazy or we're talking good energy. Oh yeah, Yeah. like great energy, dude. So the best energy. And he's now he he he's a hitting he's a hitting coordinator being groomed to farm direct. What I don't know what the 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 exact role is gonna be, but he was with a lot of the big league rehab guys was down in ACL, like oversaw ACL. So like he is one of the best dudes in baseball that I've ever been around. And also one of my best friends, one of my four horsemen, in my wedding, I had, uh, I had four best men. I didn't have a, a wedding party. I had four best I like men that. that I wasn't going to, like, I'm not I picking. Like I, yeah. I wasn't going to pick. Right. So that's too much pressure. You can't make somebody like the, the A and then everything. Non-confrontation. Everybody. Yeah, I, I, exactly. I, 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 yeah. So, but Keith would just always come with some like high energy thing when nobody's expecting it. He always had a pulse of the room. And then before you knew it, he got everybody fired up. Ooh, so that was That's my guy. We're going to have to meet. We're going to have to meet. Yeah. And I, I bet two, you two together like, would be dangerous in a good way. You guys would yeah. be. Energy uh, level be raised. Way up. up. It'd be way yeah. up. And it, Keith, I, if you're if you're listening, I'm looking forward to our uh, paths crossing, my man. We're, yeah. we're gonna bring the hurts, yeah. the energy Perfect. levels. Yeah, can't wait. And you're both left-handed hitters, so. Oh, okay, yeah. so he's quir- he's a little quirky. Yeah, that's yes. <laughs> All right, we're talking about people now, so I'm gonna jump. I'm gonna jump two topics down. Uh, at Pelotero, we are huge. A Randy Arroz, a real deal Oof. fan. He's the real deal. Chris, Chris coined that last year. He just won't stop saying it. Uh, first of all, have you ever seen a player go on a run that, like what he did last year? And like he like he wears the cowboy boots on the field. We got a video on Instagram of him r- racing a horse. I just need a little insight on Rose. Oh man, I'm taking Randy. him. I'm taking him to the hockey game Tuesday. Yeah, Randy is. Randy is Randy. This is some guy named Randy who's from Cuba, who is looks he's he's jacked, but him being jacked is from just doing push-ups because I've never seen him do anything else. Maybe some triceps or <laughs> um, biceps. Anyways, this man FaceTimes more than anyone I've ever seen FaceTime somebody. Can we get him, uh, right. Can we get he, him on right now? <laughs> yeah, we should. <laughs> so cool. Hold on one you second. Let me call him. Let me call him. <laughs> no, we like he just couldn't make an out last year. Like he forgot Dude. how to make outs. He's a stud. He, he's he he's an absolute stud. But anyways, he would he would show up and hit 10, 10 balls in the uh the batting cage and then go out to BP. That's where he'd get his work in and then go to the end of the game and everyone saw what he did. He was He's, he's unbelievable. Let's see if he – I don't know if he's going to answer. I was just talking to him a little. And and he scored the run on your hit, on your walk-off. Yeah. Run, yeah, he fell. Insane. Yeah. After tripping and falling, which was – how many times have you had to talk about that, first of all, that, that, that <laughs> one hit in particular, that whole moment, which was nuts? Like, how many times on record have you, have you talked about that? I would say 50-plus, and I love it because – it's it's cool. It gave me a really cool platform 
for people to hear what I have to say. And I know it's not much, but um, hopefully it encourages someone one day. But on the play, I always tell everyone it's weird because you're in the World Series. Now, you guys know during the course of a season, 162 games, you're going to find yourself in the field, maybe thinking about what's for dinner or what you've got going on or, you know, what the wife is up to. But this is a World Series. This is peak focus. Everyone is locked in. There is two outs. No one is thinking about anything but to get this final out. And for there to be two errors with Randy falling down is uh, it. Sorry, he just texted me. It, it's crazy that that happened. So I, I, I just love it gives me a chance to kind of tie that in with my faith when I talk about it. So I have I've talked about it at churches and, you know, I talk about it to, to everyone. I love it. But it's a lot. It's uh, I remember, you know, the postseason just gets it's so heightened. There's so much attention, right? Like you, you, everybody's watching is at most there's two games or four games on in a day, depending on the division series. Right. Like all eyes are on you. And what was incredible to me about it was and I talked to you about this before, like how in that moment you were, because it, it, it would have been so easy to be overwhelmed or. Oof. feel like you know you you weren't ready for the at back because you hadn't had a live ab but dude i'm telling you like I, listen i know you well enough to know what your eyes look like when you're when you're locked and loaded and i was like this dude's about to walk off game this game like he's about to walk it off like rolling off his couch ain't had that bat in a minute and he's about to walk it off and then sure enough like grimy at bat knock and i let me tell you something pal i don't get too happy for too many people I was happy for you. Oh, I'm man. not as nice as you. Like, that's abundantly <laughs> clear. I was happy for you. Hey, so. the, the, you know, you recognize that, but thank you. No, it was it was something else. I was locked in. And you guys both know in the big leagues, when you're pinch hitting, especially early, early in your career, you're going to feel some type of performance anxiety. You're going to feel uneasy because a you want to prove yourself but b this may be your only opportunity before you get sent down the triple a so <laughs> in the past i've always had this performance anxiety of having to perform when i'm in the box pinch hitting and that at bat when i was on deck i was looking around at the fans and i i was like breathing so naturally i was like where is it i was almost looking for the performance anxiety to come up where I would have been breathing hard and my chest would have been pounding, but it wasn't there. And as I was walking up to the play, I said, Oh game, this is game over. Like yeah. I, I kid you not. I was like, I'm, I'm going to win this. And in the box, it didn't matter when I got to two strikes. Cause I was still, my breath was, was natural. It was slow. And that's another thing I tell people like the breath is huge, but, and yeah, it happened. Like you said, I was locked in. All right. So how much did that, how much do you think that at bat, helped lead you into this past year, which turned out to be, I would say for all intents oh. and purposes and the circumstances you were put in was an excellent year, right? Because you were being asked to have like a part-time role where at some point you took on more, more responsibility, more at bats. How much do you think that helped huge. you moving into this year? That's a great question. A huge amount. I was out of options out last year. And so, and I didn't have the best year. But that gave that at bat, that single at bat changed the course of hopefully I can say my career because the amount of confidence I had going into spring training coming off that at bat, I just knew that I was going to make a team. 
Um, I, I, I never in the big leagues, I, I never had that thought that I was going to make a team. I, I just never, but I walked around differently in internally, you know, in inside, I can be the best player in the world. I can tell myself I am the best player in the world. No one's got, no one has to know that, but you have to have that level of confidence inside of you to be good. And in the past, I can say, I, I didn't have that. I, it, it, it just didn't come in the big leagues, in the minor leagues when I was tearing it up, but that moment right there and then going into this this past year with 13 homers and 250 ABs or whatever limited time but that confidence from that hit gave me the ability to do what I did this year and hopefully I can like I said hopefully I can say that at bat was the turning point of my career so love it it's uh <clears throat> it's interesting like with I think with Tampa especially and understanding your role and understanding where you're going to get at bats, like more of a pl- platoon guy, like being able to, to solidify yourself. Um, how much, how much is understanding your role and understanding what opportunities you're going to get? How big is that? So like you, you start stacking all these positives together where it's like, you're feeling more confident, you have some success and then you, you start to understand things. It's like, it seems like a lot of things start moving in your favor. Yeah, that's before you answer. Let me just be clear: you can bang lefties too. I've seen it. I've seen you bang lefties, so I don't need no platoon. Like, just run them out there. Go ahead. Thank you. Thank you. I love that. Um, You know, that's that is most of the battle. Is um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. It's my fault. I should have done that. You threw me off. What What was the question? Yeah, I was. I was saying how like you've you've got some like you've got momentum. It seems like with understanding your role, having oh, understanding my role. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. that's most of the battle is understanding your role, right? Trying to be someone you're not, but also accepting that hey, if you're if you're the fourth outfielder, kind of embrace it and and do what you can to set yourself up in the future to be that starter. A lot of the times people get put in a role that they don't like and their work ethic and their attitude changes. Uh, it's, it's all about just embracing the situation that you're in and being 100% present in that moment to kind of brighten your future as opposed to the opposite. Yeah, that's the thing that I wasn't very good at. I didn't know how to do that. I didn't know how to accept it i didn't know how to understand it especially early on and, and to your point before about pinch hitting it, it it led to my first year in the my first year in the big leagues i was 0 for 8 as a pinch hitter I had no chance like felt like i had no chance yep. i'd walk up into the box and be like oh my god i can't like what do they expect yeah. of me i'm an everyday i've played yep. every day my whole life and i think it takes it takes a certain type of dude and <laughs> you know it's funny is like so we talk about tom brady a lot that's you know it's my guy. <laughs> yeah. It's on, it touched down Tommy, bro. I watch this guy every Sunday, dude. Whatever from New England get. He's with the Buccaneers now, but I'm a Buccaneers fan. So, um, like, him having to go through what he did in college, right? Like, he didn't even know he was going to start on Saturday, never mind on Sunday. So, yeah. like, think about where that's led him now and, and how that, that – I think that conflict, right, could, could be – a positive or, or that difficulty yes. it forces yes. you if you're going to be successful it forces you into certain roles where i i see travel baseball and youth baseball hey i'm not playing i'm just gonna go switch teams like it's too easy guys like it's yep. too easy yeah. it's, it's not it's not how it's built you know like what's the end game here preach know? oh man but it, it's it's cool I, i'm super happy 
for your success. And I look forward to continued success from you because I think you've, you've experienced so much in the last couple of years and gone through so much and you got a fan, man. I'm, I'm a fan. Boy, <laughs> you know, I feel like I just taught you everything, you know, but Hey, you know, <laughs> hey, you got my back, right? You got my uh, back. I'm behind you. Just remember every time you step in that batter's box, I'm standing right there beside you for you. So I love that. I um, love that. Tell me, tell me, I need to know about the inside the park Homer. Did you know you were that fast? Yeah, I've always been pretty fast. Um, over the years, I've gotten slower, but that comes with age. Um, but I, you know, out of the box, especially against the left-handed pitcher at the time, when I made contact, I think most people would have pulled up and thought I was a homer. But I barreled something off of a lefty, and I was—I think I was just way too so excited. I was like, "I'm, I'm going! I hit a, I finally hit a ball hard against a lefty. Let's go!" And the next thing you know, you know, I, I'm rounding second. I see no one has the ball, and I'm like, "This is, this is cool. It's my first homer against the lefty in the big leagues." And it, it would have, I mean, you had some cool moments, man. You know, you had some really cool moments. Walk-off homer this year, Grand Slam this year, inside the park homer this year. Like, you were doing some things. You know, crazy, again, this is a crazy uh, stat. This year I, I had three Grand Slams in in a span of 19 days, which beat Babe Ruth's record. He he did it in 32 days almost 100 years ago. And I always tell people, like, when they asked, how does that make you feel? I'm like, can you, this does not sound right. You need to take my name. Like let Babe Ruth say, have that, that record, because it is just so crazy how things have fallen into place for me through those trials, through those failures where I felt like the world was going to end. And I was choosing a route to be different during that time, because I recognized how people's careers in the past went the other way on how they, they acted. So, um, I just learned it early, man. I, I just matured and I know it's way easier said than done. Don't get me wrong, but you, you just have to, do you just have to commit to it and start to see kind of the blessings that come your way and get comfortable being uncomfortable, man, get comfortable Amen. being uncomfortable. That's where it's at. I, I was, I saw the Babe Ruth quote. I knew the record and, uh, I remember, like, in true Brett Phillips fashion, you'd be like, what are we doing here? Like, you <laughs> yeah, mentioned me in the same light as Babe Ruth. Come yeah. on. You earned it, bro. You you deserved it. You you did it. So, like, yeah, thank you. shoot, now you just got to have a 61 homer season. And, and, you know, they'll be talking about you and Ruth more in the same. We'll time. be talking next year. Like, so hopefully something cool. Yeah. Uh, pitching and hitting at the same yes. time, maybe. Maybe that's the connection. I told you guys that three grand slams in 19 days and pitched in the same season. One. <laughs> wow. You know what? I, I told uh, the media after the pitching extravaganza that the Rays are going to, you know, it's going to be a tough, tough time for them this off season going into arbitration because Shohei Otani is going to be one of my, a comp of mine. And you know how much that dude is getting paid in the future. So <laughs> I read all your interviews, so I know all this stuff, <laughs> yeah. but it's so good to hear it out of your mouth too. Like I read anything that you say and I'm like, but it's, ah. it's unbelievable. Like <laughs> go, got him going. Keep um, going. Ah. This is all right. So just for context for anybody ah. listening to the show, this is my guy and he is laughing. I this can't. is his real laugh. And I, I, 
I, oh my gosh, I, dude. I, I love you. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make you laugh. I, I really didn't, but I am. Oh, so, I feel so bad for anyone listening to this. They're gonna have no, nightmares. I'm so happy. You just made the show, bro. Oh, like you no. don't understand. You are, you are special. You, you are, are a yeah, special. special human being. No, like you. you are like, but especially, <laughs> like, yeah, like, like, the best guy of the world. I know. I so know. authentic. <laughs> so true. And that's why I, I wanted you on Pickle. I wanted you to come on our podcast two years ago, but I let you get your feet like grounded. And Hello, yeah, you did. Here. Hey, and this this wouldn't be as good as it is now if you didn't let me get my feet wet. It was all, hey, it's all in, you know, it's all in uh, in due time and, 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 you know, probably in God's hands. Hey, man, I mean, thank you for saying it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, you know, it, like everything happens for a reason. Exactly. Tukes. I want to know more about the pitching situation because that was the that was epic. The whole thing was <laughs> Cash came up to me in the eighth and we were getting beat nine nothing. He said, oh, of course, I'm on the bench. That's where I that's where I lived. Hey. Um, but uh he came up to me and said, Can you pitch for us? And I looked at him and I said, Of course. Like I'm uh, I'm the best option you have right now. And so uh <laughs> I ran out to the bullpen. And guys, I kid you not, I say this with 100% truth. I did not know that there were cameras in the bullpen. For some reason, I was just so locked into making my guys laugh and the Blue Jays laugh. It it went right over my head. So when I was doing all that stuff, it was for those kind those eyes. And when I got back to my phone, I had 20,000 new Instagram followers. And I'm looking at the video. And I'm just like, no, you did not. Like, are you, you are some type of dork. I'm, I'm like, I'm saying these things. I'm, I'm like, they caught me in 4K messing around like this. But when I went out to the field, I did the ultimate warrior sprint out. I was because that I had to get let out some energy. And then when I got to the mound, I was, I was comfortable and confident. And you guys saw that 94 at the top of the zone can't be teached um with that cutter to 46 i mean these are this is just i couldn't believe that they didn't ask me to throw the next day out of the pen when we were up two to one that's how good i i was (laughs) you You were you were that good dude i made listen i made teoscar hernandez not one but marcus simeon two all-stars swing and miss Stats like that need to be shown, need to be at least one or two votes in the Cy Young Award winning ballot. But that's another, that's a, that, that's not a conversation they're ready to have. I can't agree with you more. Like, if you can get that kind of swing and mess from those guys, like, who else is doing that? Who, you know, else, who else is doing, doing that? that? Who else do you have? You know what I mean? Nobody. Nobody. So, hey, maybe, maybe next year you get a couple more innings and then maybe this builds into something. I, I just It'll don't be, understand why you like, you know, that you're yeah. ready to do it. Why no, doesn't the rest of the world? Why doesn't well, the rest of the world? I, I'll tell you, it's because they're scared. I mean, when you saw that presence that I brought to the mound that night, the confidence that I was oozing, I think it frightened a lot of people around the baseball world. Like, wow, this dude is an animal and it needs to be shown, but in due time, it will be. For me, I just have to continue to focus on the basics, which is staying humble, even though I know I'm the best. It's it's tough to it's tough to stay humble. 
Cause I'm constantly yeah. reminded as I'm walking down the road, like, dude, you're Brett Phillips. You're a pitcher for the Rays, And I'm like, yeah, I know. Um, so that's probably the toughest part. <laughs> yeah. that It was epic, bro. And especially the composure you showed after the Bach, which, you know, I can, like, you know, they had taken the sticky stuff away and stuff like, so I get it. Like slippery. Ball, I had excuses. Yeah, and that's what the best lot. do. They have excuses. In that situation, I didn't have my sticky stuff on. It were in Buffalo. Clearly, it's humid and exactly. hot. Buffalo hot wings. And so I just came out of the bullpen, dabbing a ranch. My hands were sweaty. My fingers were, you know, and I balked. And that's I have yeah. an excuse. And but you know what? You came with it after that because there's nothing that can affect. You. There's nothing. Can battle you, nothing. So that too. That's basically how it went down. You're very man, straightforward bro. yeah very straightforward it's great i love it this is awesome i you guys can keep going i have a hard stop because i gotta pack up the family yeah, no no no. We're, go. we're this is good we're, we're wrapping it up here i'm letting my man one hour what a show can't wait to let people hear this uh one of my favorite people i ever played with and that's a true story brett thank you for coming on man you awesome outstanding man absolute pleasure thank you fellas i love what y'all are doing keep encouraging the youth doing your thing being a good person ultimately okay be a good right, person for me love right you guys for coming you. on right get your baseball you, is fun i gotta get a i'm gonna get a baseball is fun i think i, I should have ordered two i'm a scumbag <laughs> i should have ordered two but yeah um, it's just the written it's just a written script it's great that's my handwriting and then you got the flying man on the back the flying um, man is but, uh, it's on the yeah, sleeve on the it. hoodie. Baseball the is fun. Yeah, baseball is fun 35.com. And we're also on social media. Baseball is fun. Thanks for letting me plug that. Of course, man. Of course. Yeah. That's, uh, it's, us. Hey, we're all a community and anything we do to help each other. Um, dude, you're the best. I look forward to catching up with you. Hopefully, I get to see you soon in real human. And uh, we'll talk then. And uh, on that note, this is how I sign off. Pickle out!